Josh, welcome. You're known as, well, on Instagram, is it the Kiwi Bigfoot? Kiwi Bigfoot, yeah, because I'm a Kiwi and I've got big feet. Nice and simple. We actually do. So first of all, welcome. Um, this is my podcast. I'm Alexander Glover. Uh, people that listen, thank you for coming back. Today's guest, I wanted to get on purely because I think he's such an amazing asset to not only follow, but just to hear about what he has to say. Uh, if you're thinking about pushing through boundaries or you're wanting to make certain life adjustments, uh, this guy I have found super, super, just like a positive light in this world. So I want to formally greet you and just say welcome. And I'm going to hand the mic over to you and just say, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you. Yep. My name's Josh. I'm 30 years old, been vegan for just over six years. I have done an Ironman, I've done an ultramarathon and a couple of other crazy things. Yeah. I choose to try and thrive and show off this lifestyle in the way that, you know, we're not sickly skinny vegans that can't do anything and the exact opposite, you know, we're living, thriving and loving life, not contributing to the needless killing of animals. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much perfectly summed it up. I learned a really cool word the other day. It's called eudaimonia. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it, it, nope. it in essence means flourishing life. I mean, I feel like in this day and age, we're stuck in a perpetual cycle of just being alive um, or being in a perpetual cycle of trying to somehow just maintain uh, a baseline of healthiness. And I feel like that is a really backwards way of thinking uh, or even just living for that matter. And I feel like what you do is using that word flourishing. I think that's very, very underused because people, when they think of health, they just think of, I don't know, maybe a six pack or some kind of uh, aesthetic thing that doesn't actually define health in, in one iota. And that's usually in an athlete's perspective and uh, a result of, of their training anyway. It's not to look that way. It's just a result. Um, and I feel like people are always pushing pushing their bodies and, and breaking them down and, and doing it in a very unhealthy manner and not necessarily thriving. But you have kind of redefined that and you thrive. And not only that, you thrive on mainly just fruit and vegetables. Give me a little, give me a little rundown to this and why that, that started. Yeah, very simple foods is definitely a good way to put it. And the reason being is because our body thrives on simple mono meals or you know, just uh, maybe three different things we've gotten to the stage where we don't even really think about what we're eating and people will put 10 different things on a plate and then expect our body to deal with it. And it's crazy because your stomach just wants a nice simple digestive task. So when you're feeding your body simple foods, then you're not wasting more energy on trying to digest it and try and ask your body to digest foods and crazy combinations that it's just really unnecessary. So, you know, give it simple fuel, give it what it wants and you get the results with awesome energy, great recovery and yeah, no fuss, no hassle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Like my first meal of the day will always be fruit. I briefly told you the other day that I was fruitarian for six months. The only reason I stopped is because I was trying to actually help a few people go vegan and those people like my partner at the moment and my mom and, and it's hard to maybe just say, Hey, just eat one one ingredient, um, and it's a little bit easier to cook more, I guess, not wholesome, but funkier meals with a lot more ingredients uh, to, to go vegan in the first place. But how long have you been doing this mono meal eating for? It's not like 100% mono meals, but like today, you know, for instance, the first meal was just bananas and dates, and then I just had my lunch before talking to you, and it was bananas, dates, and blueberries. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, foods that work together. And, yeah, I've been doing it for many years now, probably four or so years. Okay. So consistently. Okay. Um, 
let's take a step back because I really want to dig into you as a person because I think you're really, really interesting. Um, no, I mean that in, in, all, in all seriousness. Like it's very hard to come by. Well, in this day and age anyway, it's, it's, it's hard to come by vegans that are, are guys anyway, but it's also hard to come by, I guess, well, like an endurance athlete or just an athlete in general uh, that, that can thrive on a plant-based diet because we all know everyone can thrive on a plant-based diet. It's just hard to find examples. But then going that one step further, uh, you as a person are so kind of, well, of what I've gathered, unless you're a really good master of puppetry, um, what I've gathered, you're just a genuine guy that really lives by your beliefs and, and you kind of put everything out there for everyone to see. But I want to kind of unpeel the layer and, and go back to pre-vegan and, well, let's go to the, the, the transition stage. What made you go vegan, um, first of all? And then I'll ask you a few questions about how you felt. Uh, how it actually improved your performance and so on. I always considered myself an animal lover and I just got a little bit curious, watched, I can't even remember who posted it, a Facebook link and it was to do with factory farming and just the whole process of the meat works and it was all these people dressed in these gowns. I think it's some, titled something like the six minute video will make you speechless and it pretty much did, it had a profound effect on me and for whatever reason I decided to watch it and after that I just, you know, I guess I started asking myself the, the hard questions like how can I consider myself an animal lover but still eat them? Mm. And yeah, it was kind of, there wasn't too many other influences that made me you know, kind of look into it and start digging a little bit deeper. But mm. it was just the time and then transition to being vegetarian, starting watching more stuff. You know, you kind of go down the rabbit hole if you've been there and done that. And yeah, um, you know, I realized that it was hypocritical to say that I loved animals, but still eat, ate them. And yeah, from there, just researched some more. I was about six, seven months of being vegetarian and then wrote a little note. Like I don't usually write stuff in a diary, but um, wrote that I stopped eating cheese around June. And that was when I really tried to start becoming vegan because it just made sense. And I always consider myself a logical person and logically it makes sense. You know, mm. if you look at, so many things like disease being a massive thing, cancer. Cancer was one as well. I just thought, you know, it was bad luck and bad genes and that's why people had got it. But, you know, there is some cause and it doesn't just happen for no reason. And all these stuff, all these things were weighing on my mind. And there was a couple of um, people on YouTube that I got a bit of inspiration from. But um, I'd say mostly like the journey of just digging and, you know, looking into it some more and obviously there's a, there was one of my friends who was vegan at the time, so that did help, but um, certainly didn't have the same kind of information and resources that are available, available to people in 2020. So yeah, from then on, um, the last thing that I had was honey. It was in these bars that they kind of like really good bars, but unfortunately I decided to put Manuka honey in it and it was only 1%. So that was kind of like the last thing yeah. that I, yeah, it's so silly, you know, it appeals to people because they're like, wow, Manuka honey, superfoods, but it's really just BS masked and, you know, advertising. So that was that. And, uh, yeah, many years later, here we are. Yeah, man. Okay. So you, you really, um, well, just by listening to you then, you really got stuck into understanding that there is such a cognitive dissonance that exists within our society. And to unknown to most people, they don't even think that there is uh, cognitive dissonance. They don't even believe in that thrown around term when I use it. They go, well, it's not because we're meant to. Anyway, that's another rabbit hole to go down. But I think that's really cool. And um, you see so many people in this day and age, like they'll, they'll love their dog to bits and 
and don't get me wrong, like I love my girlfriend's dog, and but I don't view it as a dog or a pet. I view it as another family member. There's there's an obvious difference between me and how someone else may treat it. But then they'll be eating a chicken at their table or they'll be chopping up some kind of pork uh, or they'll be cutting up some dead slaughtered cow. Like it doesn't make sense to me either. It's awesome to hear that you have, um, I like to say, become a real man and stop dating me because that's, that's really the, the true testament of... Uh, what I think it means to be a man, uh, to look after the planet, look after our home and look after everyone else on the, on the planet. Uh, if you look up to old, old traditional ideals of what, a, um, what masculinity encapsulates, it's that. But it's also being able to use your penis for a lot longer and through not having those clogged arteries, uh, you're able to procreate in theory for a lot longer of a lifespan, um, which a lot of people try and argue with me on but um yeah so moving moving away from why i went vegan which a really cool um and and again yeah just to touch on the cheese yeah that gets everyone but then when you when you actually go and show people that it contains uh a stomach lining of baby cows even uh they have, i think it's called rennet rennet is the it's not so appealing when you feel the you look into the whole process and it yeah it's, it's yeah not, and, they not and people say it's addictive and all that but i mean you know, you just stop. It's you just wake up one day and say that's enough. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent it. And it's funny that people get commended for giving up alcohol or giving up smoking or giving up drugs, for example, and and they'll get shunned and not invited to parties anymore because they're vegan and uncool. But um, we know that we're the cool guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, moving on, how did how did I don't know if you I don't know your training background, so I don't know whether you trained before being vegan, but how did it affect you just on a general level? And then how, how has it affected you on a, I guess, a physical performance and capacity level uh, in terms of recovery, uh, performance, et cetera? When I was 19 or 20, somewhere around there, I did two marathons in one half. The first full marathon was four hours 38, which ain't anything special. The next one was four hours seven. And after both of them, joints and everything, muscles were so sore. And even walking after it was pretty damn tough. Whereas comparatively, now being vegan, I've done a handful of other marathons and half marathons and yeah, like even this morning, just at a half marathon, feel good. You know, I could go out and do whatever I want to do. Yep. Sorry. It was your 50th half marathon. Oh, it's somewhere around there. It's probably like 47, 48, but um, we're almost there, you know, so yeah, and was that, that's this year alone. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, over the, mostly over the course of being vegan. So over the last five, six years. Okay. And yeah, like the legs aren't even sore, you know, uh, just feel really, really good. And, you know, eating the right foods makes you feel that way as well. So meat, dairy, eggs, all very acidic, um, not really good foods for the body. And that is the reason that you feel crappy otherwise after it. So yeah, not the case anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really cool. Did you notice anything like when you, when you first went vegan, like any changes in your body, like any like, whoa, okay, that's really, really cool. I think because I transitioned fairly slowly, it wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't, cold tofu or cold turkey if you want to use the old saying yeah yeah and yeah it wasn't too dramatic for me but uh certainly there is a photo maybe i can share it after this and i was 93 kilos at my heaviest not that i was ever fat or overweight but i'm consistently 86 87 now so you know it's like five six kilos and i used to have a bit more of a chunky neck and now it's uh a bit more <laughs> normal nice and lean so yeah. how tall are you as well just so people can understand the weight when you were throwing that around I'm 195 centimeters, which is six foot four point seven ish. So yeah, pretty tall, and yeah, consistently 86, 85 kilos now. 
That's so cool and really interesting because the last guy who's my good friend who has now been vegan for two years, uh, which is awesome, he is the two times Australian kickboxing champion and he's six foot eight. Um, wow. He is a weapon, man. You see him in real life and you think, okay, so if someone wants to go throw around that being vegan is a masculine, like <laughs> go have a look at him. Now go have a look at you. Um, six foot, what was it? Six foot four? Yeah, almost six five. Let's say six five just for the sake of it. Five and, and thriving. And that is why you have such big feet. Me and my girlfriend were watching one of your YouTubes and you stood on the scales. And I was just watching the video and I was like, oh, okay. And then it took me, I had to like double take and I was like, Holy smokes, look at those feet. <laughs> like, they're big boys. Yeah, yeah. Like, huge. Yeah, I don't know why. My brother's actually younger than me and taller, and he's got smaller feet, so I guess I was a little unlucky with that, but hey, such is life. Well, you don't want to say about big feet. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, okay, so that's awesome. And um, so now we're skipping to 2020, um, thriving as a vegan, eating on mono meals, being able to conquer... Uh, such amazing distances. I watched your 100 kilometer, well, 103.2, I think it said on your, your watch or something there. And I noticed that because I would be like, yeah, look, it's a little bit more. Um, that's amazing. I watched the whole journey. Look, it wasn't easy, but it also wasn't tough and you're alive. Uh, hats off to you for wearing your team vegan, saying eat more plants at it. I think you're a wonderful inspiration. But yeah, so tell us about Tell us about how your body holds up. Tell us about your, your routine. Don't give away your secrets, but, but give, them, <laughs> give people a little insight into how you accomplish these, um, these feats being protein deficient and mineral deficient as a vegan. Spoiler alert, there is no secrets. It's just hard work, good sleep, good, good food. Yeah, there's uh, nothing. Else. Dig into that. <laughs> Yeah, so I consistently go to bed around 9, 9.15 and people might be like, oh, that's crazy. But, you know, if you want to recover and feel good and go out and do hard training the next day, then you need to get that rest in. And, yeah, often I'll sleep for 10 hours and people are like, oh, you've been greedy. But, well, you know, I used to think that oversleeping was a thing, but it's not. Like if, you, if your body needs to sleep, then give it it. And if it needs 10, 11 hours, then go for it. You know, if you can get it and... Yeah, often I'll get up three, four times to go to the toilet in the night, but then straight back to bed, straight back to sleep. And yeah, um, so yeah, training is um, going really good. I'm currently training for a full marathon, aiming to do around three hours. Hopefully, well, my goal is um, actually on my the end of my bed there, so 2.59.30. And then following that, a uh, 100-miler, which is the next up distance after the 100K that I did this year, so... Yeah, want to promote this lifestyle and, you know, if I can step it up and do a big event each year, then I'm going to do it. And um, so far, the body's holding up nicely and loving it. So we'll push on. So my question is because, um, so my, I was training for an Ironman in 2017, right? And then I did a marathon, just as like a training kind of marathon, got really poorly injured at about, I'm going to say 28 Ks. Um, It was just my running style. I was, I was fatigued. There was a few things that contributed to it. Obviously, you know that everything needs to be quite well kept to be able to perform uh, well. Um, And I was wearing old shoes. I accidentally had a few hiccups, got injured, but I said to myself, I was running for Australian abused animals. It was just a little charity uh, marathon. It was no event, no, no, nothing really. I was using it purely as a practice kind of event. 
Um, and then I really wanted to finish. Everyone else had pulled out. It was a really small little event run by a beautiful, uh, beautiful Greek lady. And yeah, so I wanted to finish it, right? So I ran for an extra 14 kilometers on a really badly injured knee. My girlfriend at the time had, had struck it all up. Um, it was a really dumb idea. <laughs> at the end of it, I ended up being on crutches for about two months, uh, had, had to get all these tests and, and whatnot. I was fruitarian at the time. It didn't stop the inflammation in that kind of area because that was a big injury. But now I'm back into my training, which has been beautiful. I, I've been back into my training for about six months. I wanted to purely do strength training before I got back into my running because I really needed to build up my hammies, my glutes, my quads, uh, especially my uh, soleus or soleus, however you want to pronounce it, not your gastrocnemius and your calf. Um, and, yeah, now I'm back into it. But, unfortunately, I run into a few niggles. So I've got a little bit of ITB syndrome in my left knee now because um, I increased my kilometres too quickly. So for people out there that are listening to this, like myself maybe, that jumps into it and gets really, really excited and goes, shit, I want to start running again, what's your kind of uh, approach and how do you manage these, these niggles which, which are such uh, prevalent issues within runners um, such as ITB B syndrome, such as a kind of calf strains or um, shin splints, whatever it may be, tight hips. Um, what would you kind of give a little bit of uh, tips for? Running on the grass is fantastic. Yes, it might be boring running around in circles, but it's a little bit softer. We're not really meant to be running on concrete and tarsil and all that. So certainly, you know, keep off the hard stuff until you're getting used to it and until your body's a bit more comfortable with it run on some gravel, run on some trails. Yeah, certainly avoid smashing yourself on the concrete unless your body can cope with it. And yeah, self-control. It's um, a massive part of eating. It's a massive part of training. Certainly not diving into it and going and doing 100K a week. It's just something you shouldn't do. And yeah, if you do feel shooting pains or sharp pains anywhere, then just stop and walk. And hey, you know, like in your situation, I know why you're doing it. I know why you want to carry on. But if it's just, you know, no one's watching, no one's, there's no fuss, then um, just tap out and say, all right, sweet, you know, I've come this far. I'm going to stop right here or, you know, put it on pause until I feel better and then get cracking again. And that way you don't hurt yourself, put yourself out for too long. Yeah, I think that's awesome, like self-control and stopping. Um, that's, a, that's really good, especially with food as well. Um, so what is your... What is a day in the life of uh, eating for you, who people who don't follow you, which I'll obviously put in the show notes and say it at the end how you can get in touch uh, with yourself. But what's a, what's a day look like for you? So fruit for breakfast. I usually have my breakfast between 11 and 12. So I just fast up until then because we don't actually, you know, again, these things which were parroted on, on me to other people. And yeah, breakfast Hell is the most important deal in the middle of the day and you have to have breakfast and oh, it's like, you know, your body's actually got stores for much longer than what we think. Oh. So, yeah, I have breakfast a bit later and then I'll have uh, more fruit around kind of 2, 2 to 3 p.m. And then dinner is uh, usually starch-based. So, mm. kumbra or sweet potato, mm. pumpkin, squash and potato mm. is a base. And then with some raw salad, so cucumber, celery, lettuce or some steamed greens, some steamed carrot. Just basic, no salt, no oil. Yeah, real clean. It might be boring to some people, but when your taste buds adapt, you kind of get yourself off the salt, then things can taste good. And baked sweet potato by itself, oh, so good. Well, have you tried the Hawaiian sweet potato? I haven't, no, but I've seen many pictures and they look amazing. Yeah, because I was going to say, I know that you follow um, Tyra and yep. Uh, yep. she 
I remember when I was I was really into them, and I was like, oh, no one else knows about this. This is <laughs> and this was a few years ago, right? Um, and there was one, there was one girl, Elise. She lives in Byron Bay. She's a uh, I'm going to say hardcore vegan or hippie vegan um, like ourselves. Um, and, and she used to love them too. And I was like, why don't people buy these things? And I was like, more people need to buy them so the demand goes up and then they're in the shopping centers. Um, but yeah, they're amazing. They're one of my favorites. But I, I really like that you say that it's no salt, no oil. I really hate people that put oil on things and, and try and convince me that it's a, uh, like a, a micronutrient that we need. And it's like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> it's condensed nothing. It's zero nutritional profile. Pure fat. Yeah, why would you want it? <laughs> Yeah, and you and you don't need, and in nature you're not getting something that that condensed anyway. So it's completely irrelevant for the body. And the people that say it's lubricating your gut or your, yeah, that's false information. Um, but what I really like is it, it comes down to discipline and, and priorities. I think they're really two important factors to notice within you um, or, or what I see with you because it is very easy to stray. Like it would be very easy for you to go and not run for one day, for example. Um, so what I'm trying to get is what are, what are the things keeping you on track? Um, and not in terms of a motivation. I don't want to motivate people cause I don't believe in motivation. Motivation is fleeting. Um, you're going to be motivated one day, motivated the next. It comes down to intrinsic discipline. Uh, so what, what, I mean, you may disagree. That's my opinion. No one's right. No one's wrong. But what kind of keeps you on track to really achieving what you want to achieve? Knowing what's best, yeah, especially with food. And I've done uh, two plant-based nutrition courses where I've learned what is good food and what's not. And I say that, you know, a lot of people eat for their eyes and they'll eat for their taste buds, but then you don't eat for nourishing your body. And I like to get a balance where I'm eating somewhat for my taste buds because it's hard, you know, having eaten a certain way for 20 plus years, but then also knowing that certain foods I'm just eating for that and the other foods i want to keep them in and the majority because that's what's going to nourish my body that's what i'm going to feel best on mm. and the next day i know that i'm going to feel a certain way if i have that good food so mm. yeah you know just knowing that an oily meal is just going to make me feel crappy the next day and saying all right i don't want to experience that so i'm just going to say no politely mm. and i'm going to go have my simple meal yeah yeah um, no, I, I agree. Like, and we're, we're human. Like we want to have a little, little bit of a splurge every now and then. Like whenever I'm with my girlfriend, like she loves to cook and you probably see on my Instagram stories, maybe sometimes like all her wonderful creations. And she's a little vegan chef who gets into the kitchen and create, creates amazing gastronomy, which I'm all for because it's promoting people going vegan and seeing that you can do that. Um, but there's a time and a place. So like 90% of my, my lifestyle is, is very similar to yours. In fact, like I'll first thing, First thing every single day, I'll have dates and I'll either have a melon of some sort and then banana smoothie. Um, they're always my go-to. And I'm like you, I'll have anywhere from five to ten bananas in those smoothies, um, which is so blasting <laughs> so many people. And they're like, what? How do you have like ten bananas? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same when people say, oh, how do you have, like I'll have maybe five litres of water a day. And people go, how do you have that many liters of water a day? And I go, well, when you go to the pub, it's very easy for you to have, say, two, three liters of beer. So what's the difference? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's this cognitive dissonance that exists between so many, like, ideals of society. Um, but yeah, what it's I really good to ask yourself those tough questions too and to say, why don't I do that? And, you know, hey, we live these unnatural lives where we do all these things that are completely unnatural. So maybe we require more water or we require more food or maybe back in the day, if we didn't have to work, we'd just lie around and sit under a tree and things would be a whole lot easier. But, you know, nowadays we're required to go to work and do our washing and make the, 
the dinner and all the stuff, which is like requires so much energy. And mm. yeah, yeah, you're you're hundred percent spot on. So yeah, you so food we understand mono meals, and you're able to run amazing distances, fifty half marathons in the past few years. You you've got a hundred miler on on the horizon, which which is freaking amazing. So if anyone <laughs> a company out there and wants to sponsor this guy, you need to get on top of it because he's he's doing wonders for the world. Um, you'll be up there with Rich Roll soon, so... Hopefully, yeah. It's funny you say sponsor, though, because it's like nature does it best, you know? So if somebody says, oh, I want to sponsor this product, it's like, well, can you beat fruit or can you beat sweet potatoes, you know? So it's kind of funny. 100% agree. I, I couldn't agree more. If anyone owns a company like Hats, maybe, um, maybe get on board that or, or some kind of just... Far out, I don't know. It is organic sweet potatoes. <laughs> organic sweet potatoes. If you are an organic sweet potato farmer, <laughs> get on board. Um, yeah, no, I think that's cool that you're able to achieve that just just through this 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 alone. Um, in, in the in the near future, when I manage this uh, ITB flare up a little bit again, which which I like, I don't mind running into niggles because it kind of teaches you to adapt for when you actually want to perform at your best. I actually encourage people to trained to some kind of fatigued capacity because then it shows you what you need to work on. Um, so I'm not annoyed in any way, shape or form. It just means taking about four more weeks off running, which is sucks for someone who likes it. Um, but so we've, we've delved into food. We've delved into uh, you wanting to get your maybe 10 hours sleep a night. Let's, let's dive into caffeine. Do you drink much caffeine? No None caffeine. at all. Yeah, completely off the coffee. No tea as well. I've had about one full cup of coffee in my whole life and yeah, just, I see people and they, they say they can't function without their coffee or they say, you know, I'm not me without my coffee. And it's, to me, it's insane. It's like, really, do you have a dependency that you can't function without your coffee? And, and the thing that irks me the most is that people buy those cups that aren't recyclable and it's like $5 a time and they throw it straight out. They don't even wash it. They don't even attempt to recycle it. It's mm. like, dude, you know, what are you doing? Like, Really? Get a keep cup for one if you have to have coffee and then, oh, yeah. Yeah, but they've got to get their mocha chocolate, whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's awesome that you – so I um, I used to be – I'm happy to say that I used to be quite dependent on caffeine uh, in a sense. Uh, I struggled to not have it. So when I, I – I've just finished my law degree, been studying for a long, long time purely because it, it, for me my law degree was about credibility um, to my name, not about me wanting to be a lawyer. And it was to be a lawyer for companies uh, who are trying to deal with animal welfare. So that's where I'm headed. Awesome. Yep, that yep. Side. So for me, it was never a big incentive to finish. It's just I wanted to get that so I could help people. Um, that was the incentive, which in itself is enough. That came out kind of wrong. Um, so for me, I was always dependent when I was studying because I was trying to do these huge training sessions. I was trying to then surf, uh, do my study, um, go out at night, uh, always being the sober driver, obviously. Um, and I always was finding myself completely fatigued and needing that coffee. Um, and it wasn't until recently, uh, maybe a few years really where I, where I could actually curb that, that addiction that I, that I had. And I'm very happy to admit that I was addicted to caffeine. Um, and since then it really comes down to understanding your body and and if you're tired, you, we've got sleep debt. A lot of us have accumulated sleep debt. That is a real um, and I, I knew about all these things, but obviously when someone is addicted to something, there's a lot of denial in place. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I can worry about it later. I couldn't. 
Um, so what I do now is I, I will still have a coffee like you with your food. It's purely a taste bud thing for me. It isn't really an adrenal support that I need. Like I don't need that to start firing my body. Um, I can fire it naturally. Um, it is if someone wants to sit down and have a coffee and discuss something, I will and I will indulge in that. Uh, but for me, it's about finding alternative sources. So for people that aren't as um, accustomed to not having caffeine like yourself, I, for example, make my own herbal uh, concoctions. And yep, I've seen your mix. <laughs> you can see it behind me. They're my... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But they're all my herbs that just sit there. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's pure iron tea. And a lot of, a lot of people are um, lacking in iron uh, or, or just in general need iron to improve your blood work. I was actually going to say, I'll, um, I mean, if you wanted to ever try it, I'm happy to send you it because I think you, you'd find it really, really interesting. It's a concoction of seven herbs. It's got nothing, no caffeine, no caffeine stimulation. It is just pure iron. These plants are photosynthesized from the sun, which if you're listening, vitamin D and iron straight from the sun. Um, you don't need to yeah, get some sun rays, people. It's important. Oh, very important. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's, it's finding that, that balance. So I think that's really cool that you're also pushing past that whole caffeine boundary. So you are a phenomenal dude who's able to achieve all these things let's go even one step further. What's your hydration regime like? Yeah, so I try and have juicy fruits if they're available. In winter, it's a little more difficult, but we've got these actually Aussie oranges yep. at the moment. And yeah, juicy fruits first, you know, because if we have a whole fruit, then you're getting the water content with the, the fruit. Whereas if you're eating cooked food all day long, then chances are it's got salt in it and that's going to crave, or well, you're going to crave the water, the thirst, you know, and that's another thing. You just got to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, am I thirsty or am I eating food that's devoid of, high water content and so you know having fruit first thing and second meal then it's a, a whole lot better but yeah i'll um I'll start the day with some water mm-hmm. and then i'll have my fruit with you know a bit more water and then certainly before a cooked meal i'll usually half an hour before have kind of 300 to 500 mils to help a cooked food meal digest because it's not so not so natural you know and it's it may come across a bit confronting saying that but when back in the day would you have cooked food you know would you really try and set up a fire and eat cooked food all day long probably not you'd just go to a tree and you know take beautiful dry ripe fruit that looks amazing and tastes amazing so seeds yeah that's a a whole nother subject but (laughs) that's another rabbit hole but um i think it's cool that you say that because we've only we only developed fire or being able to make fire in the past hundred thousand years so what did we do for the the other nine hundred thousand years where they've been out of date humans thriving on earth like yeah, yeah, purely raw foods, um, yeah. and it blows my mind when people are like, "No, we're meant to eat that," and not to mention the meat debate. Yeah, if you want to eat it, eat it <laughs> like a warm, dead carcass that you've murdered. Well, and- yeah, cold, cold, bloody, and raw. You know, realistically, with no salt, no sauces, no cooking. Yeah, off the and side that, of the road, kill. pre-murdered. Like that. That blows my mind as well. Okay, so water content in food—that's really important. That's that for me as well. I'll always make sure I'm um, hydrating with, with food. And that's why you probably go to the bathroom a lot in the night, I can imagine. Definitely, yep. yep. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So what, what else have we do? Okay, so tell us then about uh, your, I guess, goals for the future, which is one, we know the, the 100 miler. And, and for people that don't know, and I think we've got a good insight into your training and how you can maintain your body and everything um, physically, performance-wise, uh what's your what's your goal and for people that don't know you've just bought that block of land um 
yeah, give us a little bit of a tear, tear back the layers, uh, John. <laughs> yeah, to me, uh, you know, trying to be the, the shining example of what a vegan person can look like is uh, certainly our goal. And I thought, you know, what better way to do it than to buy some land and start growing organic food. And I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity. So when I was 22, I bought a house with my best mate at the time. Didn't have a girlfriend, so I thought, you know, let's let's do it this way. Then we renovated it, uh, held on to it for about six years, tried to sell it, didn't really work at the time. So then he suggested the idea of buying me out, which means that he would then take on my mortgage and pay me what we would effectively sell it for. So that happened and I came away with yeah, almost 200000 Then I found some land and yeah, now I've um, bought that freehold. And the idea with that is to you know, start growing organic food and not put any chemicals, no sprays, no nothing. And you know, if some of the birds or the possums or whatever else get it, then that's okay. You know, What's to say that us humans can be greedy and deserve everything that the tree provides? You know, It's again something that we should ask ourselves and say, it's okay that, you know, the birds get some and the other beings on this earth get some. And yeah, I see myself like that, just another being, you know, like what puts me above a bird or whatever else. We're just here doing our thing. And I think, you know, humans definitely have this privilege where we just think we're superior in every single way. But it's like, why, why is it like that? And yeah, that, yeah. It seems crazy to me, but, you know, I'm a lot more open-minded than I once was. And um, certainly if you looked at me when I was early 20s then um i was a different different person you know i used to stand around the barbecue like most kiwi blokes and have a beer and barely a potato on the plate with definitely no green stuff and just a pile of meat you know sausage steak ham steak chicken uh everything bacon whatever else and now you know i haven't touched it in six and a half years so which life's changed but it's um it's certainly it's it's awesome now and yeah I've actually got uh, 30 acres of land, so it's a fair bit of uh, land, and uh, it's got a beautiful stream running through it, so oh. going to try and turn it into an organic food forest kind of thing, so yeah. That's awesome, man. That's And um, for people listening that like this kind of stuff, are you, you're, I'm assuming anyway you're probably going to practice permaculture, right? Yeah, veganic permaculture, definitely, you know, try and... Um, yeah, follow the pr- the principles effectively, and you know it's it's pretty hard. There's there's so many different um, veganic permaculture. There's another one that's like bio something or other, and um, uh, just try and do the best by nature, and yeah, not put any toxic stuff on it, and yeah, certainly sh- you know go away from the typical kind of monoculture stuff that doesn't work, where it's has to be protected and it has to be. You know, sprayed every single year and like, oh, it's just insane you know we need to do it different we need to do it better so i'm gonna try well i mean trying is all you can do and I, I i can assure you that you trying beats having 26 chemicals on every single strawberry that exists within our world pretty much um yeah so that's what i'll have to put you in touch with a far a permaculture uh, lady who runs some farms up in Byron Bay who recently reached out to me who has a great organisation about teaching people about plant-based nutrition with doctors anyway. Um, she'd be someone that would be great even just to ask advice from. So I'll have to remind myself to just link you her profile just to have a look. But, okay, so that, that's awesome. You're sounding like a well-rounded individual. <laughs> You've removed and you touched on that godlike status that humans give themselves uh, which is completely um, unwarranted and undeserving. We are species here who are 
meant to live with mutualism and mutualism is we help them, they help us. It's kind of like when you think of the, the fig, right? And you've got the fig wasp. That fig wasp doesn't live without the fig and the fig doesn't live without the fig wasp. That's mutualism, symbiotically living together and thriving. Um, and people just don't have this connection that we, if we're living in this such selfish way, that we're going to be destroying every single thing that we touch if we're not caring for or dealing with compassion for what we're coming into contact with. And it is really awful to see and it's it's... It's devastating, but people like yourself are changing the game. And if a six foot five Kiwi bloke that used to eat meat can do it, that can also run a hundred miles soon to be able to run a hundred miles. Um, I'm pretty sure anyone can do it. So I think that's really, really cool. So like I was saying before, my goal is to also own a block of land uh, and to be able to look after my grandma and my mother, my sister, um, and have that block of land to be feeding those around me who I love, even those around me that I don't even know if they need a helping hand, they can come and obviously thrive with me. Um, so what, what is your, what is your take on that? Like what is your, I guess, values and priorities in the world? Certainly. Yeah. With uh, the amount that I have, uh, they say, you know, even with an acre, you can provide so much fruit and veggies. So uh, with 30 acres, should be plenty, you know, so um, I, I would love to gift it to family and friends. And I think that food should be something that we shouldn't have to worry about. We shouldn't have to think about. We shouldn't have to go to the supermarket and buy. It seems crazy because literally you can plant stuff in the backyard and it starts growing and it's free, you know. But um, for most people, they'll mow it, they'll manicure it, and they won't grow food. Well, that's just crazy. But yeah, so if I can provide um, stuff to, well, you know, organic fruit and veggies to family and friends and that's the goal and I, I don't want it to be a thing that they just rely upon me doing so but I you know maybe I'll just turn up unannounced and say hey you know do you want this and uh, here's a big crate or it might just turn up on your doorstep and hopefully they appreciate it hopefully they uh, don't let it go to waste you know that would be sad news to me but in saying that you know you just got to give gifts and let it be what will be you know if people uh, take it on and eat it then hopefully if they have that instead of meat, dairy, and eggs, then they'll eat that stuff, especially knowing that it's organic and it's mm. been grown with love, you know, from a place uh, not too far yeah, from where they live. Yeah, there's something beautiful about that pure cycle of just you grow it, you then consume it, and then you then give back, obviously, through waste. Um, I think that's really awesome. And uh, coming from me especially, like I, I really value that, uh, I guess, grassroots because it, at the end of the day, something as simple as grassroots living is so undervalued and uh, so disrespected because we have such accessibility to everything that we need, but it shouldn't be abused. And it, ha it unfortunately has come that far as to having been abused. Obviously living vegan is trying to reduce your impact as much as you can. I really don't like those cherry pickers that will listen to you and be like, Oh, so where was that banana t-shirt made or where was that hat made? And sure, you're speaking on a computer made by XYZ. And sure, that exists and I wish it didn't. I wish we could live in a day and age where that was made purely uh, from an ethical perspective and I didn't have any moral disagreement with it. But unfortunately, we don't yet. Um, and it is until us as the minority uh, transform the majority that we will be able to live like that. So in terms of like new people uh, listening to this or... Uh, people wanting to go vegan or even people who don't necessarily want to go fully vegan yet and they're not ready 
and they want to slowly transition that also have a lifestyle that they don't, they don't want to give up. That may be, they may be a professional soccer player or they may uh, really like their studies and think it's going to affect their brain capacity. What would be your kind of, I guess, just like recommendation or advice to some kind of young person. Imagine you're speaking to yourself at 14, 15, 16, who was curious. What would you say? Know that people can live and thrive long-term. Know that. That's 100% a fact. You know, don't ever doubt it. And certainly, just don't worry about labels. Don't, you don't have to call yourself vegan. Just start doing it. Make it self-evident why you're doing it. Make, make it, you know, chances are if you come off the meat, dairy, and eggs, you're going to feel good. And that is self-evident that you're feeling good, you know. So write a little log, write a reference, and say, this is how I felt when I had a big juicy steak. I felt like shit. I don't want to feel like that. This is what I feel if I eat awesome fruit and veggies. I want to keep feeling like this, you know, and go from there. Talk to people, get some support from longer term people that have been doing it and are thriving and, you know, feeling good. Um, don't, don't listen to the people that are doubters. Like so many people will say, where's your protein without having ever asked themselves that, you know, so do your own research. There's awesome resources out there, but yeah, just don't listen to the people that are just purely objecting for the sake of objecting, you know, status quo, people love it. And, as soon as you kind of branch out from it, then, you, you know, your world can be blown with uh, becoming more open-minded. So did you have keep any, going. Did you have any backlash between, like, friends or family or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I, I like to try and avoid going to my family Christmas year after year. And one year I just didn't go because I didn't want to go. You know, I, I knew that I was going to get hassled. And, um, yeah, I'm not really the biggest fan of going. And I still get comments from people six years down the track, you know. I'm not on any medication. I feel fantastic. My blood results are almost perfect. You, you really have nothing to say without sounding like an arrogant asshole. Then, you know, like, what else are you going to say? We are no longer contributing to the needless suffering and death of animals, you know. So, to me, it's it's crazy, but this is the world we live in. And, unfortunately, the majority of people are still non-vegan and that's the way it is but yeah yeah no that's well, what about so i noticed in your um in your 100 kilometer run so you had two friends there and you i, I don't know if it was your mum that was also there and your dad um what's what's like do you have any friends that are vegan and what, what what's your mum and dad say about being vegan obviously they support you as a individual <laughs> which is amazing um well to my knowledge or to, to youtube's knowledge um, what would you, yeah, how, how do you deal with that? Initially, I didn't have many friends that were vegan. I had one when I was changing and yeah, life's gotten so much better. Now we've got the kind of fitness group, we've got the activist group, we've got the junk food vegans. It's amazing now. Like yeah. the level of support is incredible in my city. And yeah, my family have changed, uh, you know, whether it's from my influence, I'm not too fussed. Brother's vegetarian, mum's pretty much vegan, dad no longer, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty close to uh, sister definitely reduced her meat intake and has felt the benefits of doing so. So yeah, family, uh, not a hundred percent there, but very, very close, you know, and, um, it's yeah, a world of difference to when I first changed six years ago. So very happy. That is honestly amazing. Like I think it's really beautiful. And the thing that you said, like, it doesn't matter if it was you like that's, you're just removing your ego from every equation that you talk about. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. Like, yes, I get a lot of people saying, oh, how can you speak about removing your ego when you post those things on Instagram? I only post those things on Instagram to say that, look, you can still look like this with being a vegan. 
if yep. you read my captions and go into them, you know that it's not driven by me looking a certain way. Like that is just a result of me training for my mental health or me trying to push my body and living in the vessel that I've been given through no other reason whatsoever. But I think removing your ego is so, so important. And time and time again, uh, you see people, this is the analogy that I like to give. They'll give money to a homeless person and then make sure that they tell everyone in their day. Yep. That they yep. 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 Um, and so my question to you is like, obviously, or well, maybe you were brought up like that, which hats off to your parents, but what made that shift to you um, to realize that we are a collective consciousness and that we need to remove ourselves from the equation and be a human that's that's purely here for the enrichment and betterment of the world that we're uh, encapsulated within. I think a big part of it was going to a place like India. I've I've travelled, you know, been fortunate to travel quite a few places and seeing how other people live uh, certainly opens your eyes to it. And I think people of places like Australia, because I've been there, New Zealand, other places of Western societies. Mm-hmm are massively privileged and they don't even realize it. But, you know, compared to, let's say, your average person in India or Philippines or Thailand, life's very, very different. And that makes you a whole lot more humble. And, you know, it makes, I wouldn't say makes me feel insignificant, but it makes me feel less entitled to feel the way that I do. And when I hear people going on about, oh, this problem, that problem, I just think, hold on, you know, you've got food, you've got shelter, nothing's life or death in your life right now. So you really have no problems, you know, unless you're dying and going to hospital, you're massively losing blood. You literally have no problems, you know, like most things are sorted for you. And yeah, when you look at it like that, then it's, uh, yeah, you can strip away the ego, no problem. And just think, you know, most of the stuff that I do when I die, isn't going to matter at all. So you don't have to take life too seriously. And you can just be uh, a different person based on, thinking that way although in saying that life will be different because you've influenced them to be vegan for example yeah let's hope let's hope (laughs) so it's kind of using the without making it sound bad like you said using your insignificance to create significance is essentially your which is what you're aiming to do and i think that's commendable man like not many people even recognize that they have an ego they go, oh, that's nonsense. That's just talking. And it's like, well, we all have an ego, whether that's good or bad. Like an ego can be too double-sided. You, you can also rely on your negatives and you can be like, oh, I'm not built to be a runner. I'm not going to run. That's also your ego, right? You need to break through those barriers and you need to just ensure that you know that you've just got a human body. That's just the vessel which we're encapsulated within. Um, and, yeah, so I think that's, that's really cool. Uh, it is definitely a process. It's definitely a journey. And... In saying that, it's also incredibly uh, accelerated by going vegan because when you start questioning why you're eating something, you start questioning why you think things, why you feel different things. Um, you delve into your own mental health uh, and, and your mental capacity. And, yeah, you're, you're a living embodiment of the, the, well, not the end result. We're always on a conscious journey. Um, and I feel like there's metamorphosis every single day. There's change every single day. You're never the same person. I'll be a different person tomorrow. I might listen to something I said in this podcast and think, why would I say that? But that's what, that's who we are. And if you can't accept that we need to change every single day, then you need to change that way of thinking. Um, but yeah, so for anyone also listening that maybe might think, oh, okay, Josh makes it sound really easy. He sounds like a Superman, which I'm thinking right now. 
<laughs> can, you, can you humanize yourself for us for a minute? Um, what are some what are some things that you might, might give into? Like I, I, whether that's skipping a training session or, or pigging out on some um, vegan ethically made uh, chocolate, or I don't know what 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 is something that that Josh does that makes him more humanized so people can really assimilate with him. Oh, I've never been asked a question like this, but I guess you know um, I, I still love a bit of vegan junk food. Like I have a pizza maybe once a week or something or um yeah this year i've been very very strict and not having any vegan pies but uh you can go and buy there's about three different selections at a gas station that you know you pretty much go to around the country and get vegan pies which is pretty incredible and they taste amazing too you know but they are full of oil and they're not healthy so uh <laughs> occasionally i'll have a pie or um after the marathon in about two months time then yeah, yeah i'll probably have a bit of a feast you know is that the pie that you had after that 100 miler? I mean, 100 Yes, miler. yes, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I said to my girlfriend, I was like, okay, he's in the middle of nowhere. How did he just whip out a pie? <laughs> they were waiting for me at the end. You know, I was just like, please, you know, family and friends, can you have this organized for me? And they sure did. So yeah. it was great. It tasted great. And, uh, you know, what better way to enjoy yourself after having done a crazy effort like that with uh, vegan pie with no meat in it. Yeah, and do you have any indulgences? Like, do you play video games or do you, uh, well, I don't know, anything? There's, yeah, there's nothing now. I don't play video games, I don't drink alcohol, I don't smoke cigarettes, do any drugs. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. And, and that, that's the answer I expected. I, I knew that you didn't drink. I personally don't uh, either um, or smoke, um, obviously. So yeah, that that's cool. So so this this is pure discipline. That's pure discipline, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also enjoying your life and you know not missing out, not having to do those things. You can absolutely do what I do and love life. You don't have to have alcohol in it. You don't have to have drugs. You don't have to have cigarettes. You don't have to have video games. You can do all the things. Like if I can go out this morning, like I did, run in the sunshine with my shirt off, mm. and then have bananas after it, I'm a happy person. Mm. But but if I'm if I'm listening to this right now and I think oh no going out on Friday night with the boys sounds better, um, but also like I would really want to get healthier like oh I'm stuck like what do I do like how do you spell that out for someone that's doubtful because obviously it, it doesn't just overnight go oh my god I love running and eating ten bananas how do you, what's that transition like for me uh, for me yeah it was um, similar as well because. I, yeah, when I first went vegan, I was still drinking alcohol and hanging out with um, some of my friends who are very health conscious. Yes. He would often say, you know, certain things like, oh, why are you still drinking? And, you know, I didn't really appreciate it at the time. But then again, like ask yourself the hard question yeah. and say, if I want to go down the fitness route, then I shouldn't be drinking alcohol because you're literally poisoning yourself, you know, so you're, you're fighting yourself and you're, you're hurting your body, but then also trying to train and feel good. So just take, pick that, uh, that fork in the road and say, you know, am I going to go down that way or am I going to go down that way? And, and you look at it. Your own fork in the road kind of thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was like, all right, you know, it's a good time to just say that's enough. And I had some fun and I didn't die from drinking alcohol. Mm. Uh, it's enough's enough, you know. Mm. These hangovers suck. I don't want to feel this way. Why, why should I keep doing it? Mm. Uh, that's really cool. I've never thought about it like that way. Like you make your own you make conscious efforts to uh, create forks in the road and go, okay, I'm either going to go down one or, or the other path kind of thing. Yeah, you can't really pick both, you know. You can't right. be greedy and have both, so. 
Well, and then it comes down to priorities. Um, yeah, because a lot of people say, oh, I was vegan, but then, oh, I can't go vegan this week. I have a birthday party and I know that they'll have great food. And, and then it just comes down to the priority. Do you want to continue contributing to uh, merciless murder, which is somehow legal? Uh, yes or no. And, and for me, that always, I, and you sound like a dick saying it, like I get it, like you sound really horrible being like, well, you don't have priorities. Um, you want to pay someone else for the murder of an animal and they don't necessarily see that. So it does come down to priorities. But um, yeah, I really like that way of thinking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start uh, giving those people, and, and it's planting seeds as well, isn't it? Definitely, and making yourself aware. You know, if you're not ready to make the choice, at least make yourself aware. Go and watch Dominion. Go and watch Dairy is Scary. Go and watch all these things, and then say, "Am I okay with still funding this?" Yeah, Dominion made me cry after 13 minutes. I remember watching. Yeah. 20, I think it came out in 2018, maybe, or to the end of 2017. I remember trying to watch it. I remember it vividly. It was when I was living in Sydney. I live two hours south of Sydney now in a nice little coastal town. Um, and I cried and I was like, I can't do this. And I needed someone there to watch it with me. And I was already vegan. I didn't need to watch it. Um, it was purely just there cause I wanted to, uh, just, just, just see it. And I was curious, but watch Dominion is a great one. Uh, it comes down to education and the resources. And we live in a beautiful world at the moment where social media is a double edged sword, but if you use it for the right side, use it as a learning tool. I know people go, oh, but you can't rely on like that kind of uh, information. But it's like if you just trust tra- Channel Seven and Channel Nine and Channel Ten and the media, <laughs> you're not questioning their credibility. Like, why don't you go look at PubMed uh, independent reviewed studies on uh, blood work within vegans versus blood work within uh, carnivores for one, or just omnivores, for example? Uh, yeah, it is. It is really interesting, and it comes down to. Yeah, awareness and, uh, and... And 40 years ago, you could say, you could plead ignorance and say, I don't have information. But these days we live in the age of the internet and there's no excuses for being ignorant. No, no. It's it, people consciously keep those blinders up like a horse. Um, yeah. Endlessly scrolling Facebook and not actually typing in the tough questions. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And it, and it is, it, it is tough because change isn't uh, accepted within humans. Humans don't like change and, and change is difficult. Um so yeah, that's 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 cool, man. So everything that I do in these podcasts is very nonchalant. Like it's very just. Uh, I'm just gonna put the phone on charge. Sorry. <laughs> right. right. Um, Sorry, carry on. I can still do two things at once. Another another sign of how vegans can live in this world. Uh, no, I just wanted to quickly, like I mean, like I've asked a lot that I wanted to know. Um, I run these interviews very not really interviews, they're more conversations. I run them very nonchalant. Like I never have a prescriptive way of uh, question asking or, or prompting or whatever it is. So I like it just to flow. And I believe that I always touch on this with everyone that I kind of interview. Um, being in a state of flow, I think is, is super necessary. And people don't really understand what I mean, but a state of flow is being able to just ride your day, how it comes. And it's almost as if when you're in that state of flow, things seem less difficult. It's, it's running seamlessly, um, if you will. How would you say that building your lifestyle to where it's been built, um, how has that in, in, enriched you? I know you've touched on it, but I just really want to spell it out for people because this is, I, I get a lot of audience members who aren't vegan yet. How would you say being disciplined, being, being in, this, in this way of living really contributed to not only your physical health, but your mental health, for example? I don't know how much you touch on mental health or meditation or whatever it is, but how would you say it, it's enriched your life in a whole? 
to where you're in a state of flow within yourself. If that makes- yeah, it's certainly eating eating well and focusing on uh, feeling good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to work well as you do it consistently. And uh, unfortunately, we have to do some of the things that are unnatural, like go to work for a certain amount of hours per day and certain other things like, you know, washing clothes that we once never wore and all these things. But, you know, if you can make your life more simple and you definitely can do and, you know, for those people that say, oh, you know, I don't have enough time to do this, that, and the other thing, you do. It, instead of watching TV or doing whatever else, you can go out and do these things, you know, and actually just taking on the task and doing it, getting it done, getting it out of the way, then you'll probably find that you have time to do stuff and do, do more of the stuff that you want to rather than procrastinating. Just say, I'm going to do the job. I'm going to get it done quick. Not going to muck around. And then I'll have time to do more of the stuff that I wanted to do. Cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, so for anyone listening, uh, his name is Kiwi Bigfoot. His his name is also Josh. Um, you can find him on. Uh, do you want to just run us through where you can find him before I finish? Um, I just want to say I would highly recommend scrolling through his. Uh, well, not only his Instagram, but scrolling through his YouTube. Like you put up really, really insightful, interesting content. It's so organic that it's not even funny. It's just Josh speaking to the camera similar to what we are doing right now. Um, And I think it will really help people move through their journey uh, because you touch on some really, really interesting things um, that I think are very beneficial to a lot of people, vegan and not. I don't really mind. Obviously, I want you to go vegan. And I think Josh is a great advocate for that. So, yeah, tell us where we can find you, Josh. Yeah, Facebook, Kiwi Bigfoot, Instagram, Kiwi underscore Bigfoot, and YouTube, Kiwi Bigfoot, Kiwi Space Bigfoot. Nice and simple. If you want to watch or follow me, cool. You know, but I'm not one of those people that is going to be pushing products and pushing this and that. I'm not one of those. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't like that term. I want to try and be more transparent and Mm. live my life. And, you know, if people follow me organically, cool. Mm. If you want to see my journey, then cool. But not forcing you to. I'm not making you do anything so do it on your own accord if you want to well i mean you just summed it up in that you are a completely i guess egoless individual until you probably need your ego in certain situations which we all need to do we need to harness it know its power um i've really enjoyed being able to have you on here um since i started following you a few months ago after watching i think it was one of tyra's um uh, instagram stories actually and i just i saw this Kiwi Bigfoot, and I saw something saying, finally trying this, whatever it was. And I was like, who is this bloke? Like, there's not many weird, oh, I'm going to say weirdos because we are the minority in the majority. <laughs> and, and I like to be that kind of minority man because the majority has it wrong at the moment. And until the majority has it right, I'm happy being in the minority. Um, but it was really cool to just see everything that you're putting out there. And for me, for one, I can honestly say that I was sitting with my girlfriend watching your 100-kilometer um, race, your ultramarathon and I remember at the end of it, like, I was like, I felt really emotional. And I have recently been in an <laughs> emotional state and I've just been absorbing it, man. Like, I've been riding my emotional roller coaster, and I was like, I just want to be this guy's friend. Like, he seems like such a really cool guy. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to, A, me to ask you, or B, is there anything that you could just leave as, like, a sign-off little thing? Like, hey, I'm this guy with big feet. I'm six foot four. I'm also vegan. Is there anything that you can give us just a little bit of insight, wisdom? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely eat more fruit. Don't blame the fruit for your issues. It's not the fruit. It's the other food that you're eating. 
and just try the, the, the vegan lifestyle. Consider it and give it a go. Give it a go for three months, six months. See how you feel. Don't knock it until you try it. That's it. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we could, we could do another one of these in the future and maybe even touch on, because I'm, I'm sure you sound like quite a learned individual. You obviously do your own independent research, so my hat goes off to you. A lot of people don't, um, and you critically think. So I would love to do one maybe uh, with you just on fruit and the power of fruit and how we shouldn't fear those sugars because I would, I would easily eat over a kilo of fruit every day. I know you definitely would too. Um, I, I would even be pushing the two kilos on some days. And you look how you do, you perform how you do, similar here. Um, so I think that would be really awesome to do. And we will also have to do another follow-up after your 100 mile. And if anyone wants to know when that is, when is that? It is mid-February, February 13th, 2021. And where is it going to be held? Tarawera Forest near Rotorua. Oh, that'll be awesome. Okay, man. So my hat goes off to you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your story and yeah. Thanks for having me. I look forward to talking to you again.